and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernande, the editor of Woman Magazine. <laughs> and I'm Ian McEwan, writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and whattowatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting New Year's Eve 2021 including the new Star Wars spin-off, The Book of Boba Fett on Disney+, and action movie The Protégé, starring Maggie Q, Samuel L. Jackson and Michael Keaton on Amazon Prime Video. And we'll also be looking at Netflix's new Harlan Coben series, Stay Close, and returning to Hogwarts, I can't wait for this, for the Harry Potter 20th anniversary on Now TV. But first, Ian, what is in the news? Well, in Apple TV's upcoming thriller series, Disclaimer, Oscar winner Kate Blanchett will play an investigative journalist who discovers her most shocking secret is revealed in a novel written by a mysterious widower played by Kevin Kline. What else is in the news, Hannah? Um, well, Damien Lewis and Guy Pearce are teaming up for the thrilling true-life Britbox drama a Spy Among Friends, about the defection of double agent Kim Philby, which will air this autumn. For the first podcast of the new year, I think we've got some pretty decent offerings. We're kicking off with the latest Star Wars spin-off. It's called The Book of Boba Fett. It arrives on Disney Plus on the 29th of December. And here's a clip. I know that you sit on the throne of your former employer. Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. So, Hannah, I don't know if you are a Star Wars aficionado. I think it's one of those things, a bit like Marvel. You're either a huge fan or you're kind of not that bothered. I'm not that familiar with the Star Wars universe, although I did watch the original films way back when. Fans will already know who Boba Fett is. He is a legendary bounty hunter. He was in the original three films in the 1970s and 80s. And more recently, he's appeared in the spin-off series The Mandalorian. With me so far? So this series is about his past and it basically is filling in the gap between what happened to him after Return of the Jedi when he apparently died after falling into a Sarlacc desert hole you'll remember that Hannah and his dramatic comeback in season two of The Mandalorian um I was a bit confused because he wears the same kind of armor as The Mandalorian and I was thinking well this doesn't make sense anyway it does if you know if you're familiar with the backstory he is teaming up with a mercenary and assassin that he rescued in The Mandalorian called Fennec Shand. And basically the story is about them going back to Tatooine to kind of fill the power vacuum that's uh, being created because Jabba the Hutt, that large slug-like creature, is no longer around. And I mean, I do remember Boba... Do you remember back in the original films, they sort of froze Han Solo, Harrison Ford. I think it was called Carbon Freezing. Boba was the bounty hunter who, who took him away. He's played by a New Zealand actor, Temuera Morrison, who, interestingly enough, 
interesting fact. He played Boba's father, bounty hunter Django Fett, in 2002's Attack of the Clones. So there you have it. Boba's a great fighter and he's got this amazing array of weapons and great skills. With these spin-offs, as with the Marvel spin-offs, you're basically getting cinema-quality TV. So the cities look amazing. The aliens with all the prosthetics and the makeup and the costumes look fab. The CGI with the spaceships is really impressive. The action scenes are terrific. So one of the directors for the new show is uh, Robert Rodriguez, who has also directed the Mandalorian episode in which Boba returned. Um, And of course, he's done films such as From Dusk Till Dawn. If you're a fan of Star Wars, you're going to love this and you, you, you will definitely want to watch it. If you're not, you probably won't be that bothered and you probably will need to mug up a bit on where Boba fits in to the whole story. But it's very well done and it's not the end of the story because there are going to be more Star Wars spin-offs. There's going to be Star Wars Kenobi featuring Ewan McGregor and there will also be Andor which is about the rebel spy Cassian Andor. I don't know if you're a huge Star Wars fan. Do you ever dress up as Princess Leia? Get up to those kind of hijinks. No, but um, I have dressed my children up as that, you know, when I've needed oh, to. Yeah, but other than that, no. It's funny, actually. I'm not a massive... I'm just not a... I, there was a sort of the school of thought that you were a Trekkie or, you, you know, or you weren't. And then there's Star Wars, which I think is different again and I, I was kind of neither nor but I do kind of understand the passion that people have for this franchise and um, I think probably you're right that if you if you like Star Wars then you're going to absolutely absolutely 100% in, enjoy this but if you want to see it and you don't know much about Star Wars a bit like me you do kind of need to gen up a bit um, on the character really otherwise you get a bit you get a bit lost. You are now going to talk to us about an action movie on Amazon Prime Video. It's called The Protégé. Someone killed a friend of mine because of a contract he completed years ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You could be answers. Probably the last thing you ever say. Why don't you just consider it a mystery best left unsolved? Action drama on Amazon Prime Video, um, and it's it's really a very sort of um, well, it's a thriller, but it's it's a big production, I suppose. They've kind of thrown everything at this. Um, so you've got uh, Maggie Q, you've got Samuel L. Jackson, um, you've got a real kind of um, because it's directed by the Casino Royale's Martin Campbell, so you can kind of get the level. of expectation you should have for this because it is um, incredibly well done and I think for me I don't I don't love really drama packed things often you know there's loads of violence just find it a bit relentless and and actually the violence in this is relatively relentless but it's choreographed in such a way that it's just kind of captivating Um, and Maggie Q is just absolutely absolutely brilliant in this um and she kind of she's learning a trade she's learning the ropes of the killing business as you do Uh, apparently there's lots of money in it um and she becomes the world's most skilled assassin so you know she's just very very clever and just like james bond i suppose um when you see 
him just turn up in places you can't think possibly that he could. That's exactly what happens here. It's got the absolute markings of a, of a Bond film, I would say, or that kind of level of um, specialism and kind of brilliance. So despite it not being something that I would necessarily think I would enjoy, it absolutely is. And I think it is one, it is one to watch and to sort of stick with. What did you think, Ian? It reminded me a bit of a sort of female version of John Wick, Joan Wick, if you like. Because, um, <laughs> as you say, it's high-octane action, uh, really well choreographed fight scenes. It's very stylish. One thing that struck me was, uh, so she has this sort of flirtatious relationship with this criminal fixer called Rembrandt, who's played by Michael Keaton, well, he's quite a bit older than Maggie Q, isn't he? But to give him his due, he's still a bit handy for the old yeah. action scenes. Um, I like it when uh, an assassin has a, an interesting backstory, which she does. So she was rescued by Samuel L. Jackson's character, Moody, who's an assassin uh, in the aftermath of a massacre in Saigon. It's exciting. It, keeps you interested but if, if you're looking for kind of depth you're not necessarily going to find it here but i don't think you come to this sort of movie expecting that interestingly a lot of it is set in vietnam where maggie q's mother is from another bit of trivia for you she had spinal surgery shortly before mm. filming and i mean she does some serious i mean i'm not sure she's doing how many of the stunts she's actually doing but she's involved in some pretty challenging uh, fights but anyway yeah i think if you're a fan of John Wick style action movies and you like to see uh, a female protagonist kicking some ass this is for you I like I like your trivia <laughs> okay we're going to move over to Netflix for our next offering it's a new series uh, it's another adaptation of a Harlan Coben novel it's called Stay Close and here's a clip how did you find me? everybody's fine poor darling Do they know? The family? Know what? Who you were in your previous life. I'm not Cassie anymore. That life is over. Okay, Hannah, so I don't know if you watched the adaptation of Harlan Coben's The Stranger last year. Anyway, Coben is an American... American author, and he's he's really good at these kind of pot-boiler novels in which secrets emerge from the character's past, thereby causing huge problems. And this is very much along the same lines. I mean, the novel was set in America. This has been transplanted to the UK. It kind of centers around three different characters. So there's a mum, Megan, played by Cush Jumbo, who, of course, was in uh, Britbox's The Beast Must Die, Photographer Ray, played by Richard Armitage, who was in The Stranger. And you've got a detective called Broom, uh, played by the brilliant James Nesbitt. Someone turns up in Megan's life who knows something about her past. The photographer Ray, he's taken some pictures which um, could relate to a missing persons case. And uh, 
Detective Broom, who is investigating that case, is kind of obsessed with a, a cold case from years ago. So it's following these three characters and how kind of the past is is kind of catching up with them. It's got Sarah Parrish in it. Uh, it's got Joe Joyner in it, who interestingly is the ex-wife and colleague of James Nesbitt's cop. As I said, it's real potboiler stuff. So some of the dialogue is, is a bit naff and some of the characterizations a bit not utterly convincing but it will keep you gripped and you will want to see it through to the end it's eight episodes and it it drops on new year's eve so yeah if you're a fan of harlan coburn adaptations um this will absolutely deliver um is this one for you hannah yeah i mean i really like sarah Parrish. i really like what she's sort of you know she was sort of so sort of typecast and has managed to get free of that so yeah I always kind of respect people like her James Nesbitt I'm a big fan of um I think some of the dialogue is a bit naff I think I would agree with you it's not got a huge amount of depth to it but it's kind of centered around the storyline of well basically can you trust somebody and I suppose in a way it, it, it sort of taps into a question that maybe lots of people are asking or make you look at all your friends or relatives a little bit differently perhaps at the end of this so yeah I think it's quite an easy view isn't it it's not um but as I say I I I like the people in it as much as anything okay now attention potheads or is it potterheads I'm never sure potter I think probably you're going to tell us uh, about a very exciting event coming up on now tv harry potter 20th anniversary colon return to hogwarts Mysterious thing, time. When in doubt, I find retracing my steps to be a wise place to begin. We've all got both light and dark inside us. What matters is the part we choose to act on. That's who we really are. This drops on New Year's Day and it's a one-off documentary. Super fans, you know, we talked about kind of franchises that have super fans. This is definitely one of them and me included. Um, and quite sort of late to the party I am really with it, but I absolutely love it. I just think it's brilliant. You've got all the original cast members, Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, Rupert Grint. Um, uh, they're at the, the Warner Brothers Studio Tour in London. I don't know if you've ever done it, but if you haven't, you got to do it. It's absolutely, it's really, really good. You kind of immerse yourself in that world. Um, and it's a reunion special. So, and also you see, not only do you see the cast members, but you also join the director, Chris Columbus. And it's just a celebration really of, of, of the franchise and, and 20 years of that franchise. So as well as the interviews, there's also lots of on-set gossip, memories. It's a trip down memory lane, I suppose. And then lots of behind the scenes secrets revealed. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, for me, it's just what you want in the absence of them being able to make any more, I think. I love the Harry Potter movies, I must say. And there's a lot of cast have turned out for this, haven't they? And so fans, they won't want to miss it. I mean, it's it's amazing to think they were something like 11, 12 and 13 when they made the first film. And they were brilliantly cast, weren't they? They're fantastic in the movie. And the movies are all so well made. They're wonderful. And of course, the books are magical. But all three of the, the the main stars have have they haven't sort of been afflicted by the curse of child stardom. They're they're going on to 
to carve very successful careers as um, as adults, aren't they? So there's also, <laughs> as part of this, I mean, it's amazing to think it's 20 years ago. But anyway, also as part of this, there's the Hogwarts Tournament of Houses, which is a four-part event hosted by Dame Helen Mirren, in which uh, fans put their magical knowledge of uh, the Potterverse to the test. What more could you want? We've got to that time, Hannah, where you reveal what you've what you've been spending your time watching. Well, we've talked about this in one of our previous podcasts, Beer Masters, which is um, uh, run by, introduced by, presented by. That's that's the word I'm looking for. Presented um, by none other than James Blunt. And you know what? I really like James Blunt. He is funny. Um, and I kind of I've he just... was on Strictly recently. Yeah, wasn't he? He's, he's just yes. I don't know. He's got a wicked sense of humour. Um, and it like he just shouldn't work, but it does. Also, um, the children have been loving watching Nativity, and I'm a big fan of Martin Freeman. Don't know if you've ever watched that franchise. I think we've probably spoken about this before, but it's really funny. It's just really suitable to, for, for absolutely everybody so uh, I can't really watch that anymore Christmas has been and gone um, but I still love it <laughs> how about you well talking to Martin Freeman the the Beeb have been rerunning uh, The Office haven't they which is wonderful of course I've also started watching Narcos Mexico which is a which is a really good uh, spin-off about drug dealers and cops and there's a terrific spin-off from the Lion King documentary about Joe Exotic. This one is about Doc Antle, who ran the the wildlife park that Joe Exotics had wanted to imitate. And I mean, there's a lot of allegations in this about him sort of grooming very young girls and various other nefarious activities. So I would be amazed if a, some kind of court case didn't come out of it. But anyway, if you like the Lion King uh you're going to love this. It's uh, lots of archive footage of Doc back in the day when he was associated with this big sort of yoga uh, spiritual community and he had long hair and a big moustache and was, um, yeah, doing magic and uh, hanging out with tigers and so on. Now, we've just got time to look ahead to next week's offerings. So what are we going to be talking about, Hannah? Um, well, Diana and Matthew return from the past to face down their powerful enemies once and for all in the fantasy drama A Discovery of Witches, which is on Now TV. And Ben Affleck stars in a poignant drama about a budding writer in a blue-collar family in Amazon Prime Video's coming-of-age drama The Tender Bar, which is directed by George Clooney. So we look forward to those and more, but in the meantime... Thank you.